0: lord we thank you for another day today god we we thank you for getting us up this morning god and giving us another opportunity to worship you another opportunity to serve you another opportunity to live our lives today for you god and lord as your word is being Brought forward, God, we ask that you touch the hearts, touch the minds of everyone that is here, God. Give everyone something to take with them, God, that helps us all remember exactly who you are. God, this has never been about us, but it's always been about you. And so, God, we place you first on today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. <clears throat> so recently, over the last several weeks, Pastor Dave has been doing this I Am series, and it's been, it's been pretty good. I have really enjoyed it. And when Dave was, was talking about the I Am of who God is, he started this series because he wanted to make sure that we all knew how important it was for us to know Jesus for ourselves. And so he said, you know, a lot of times people will know about Jesus as opposed to knowing Jesus. Pastor Davis, he was giving his reflection. He was talking about how when a few years ago we went to, uh, to, to Kenya and he said, uh, you know, when we were out there and he was correct, I was there with him. We were out there, sometimes people would just come up to him assuming that because Dave was from the United States, he had a relationship with the president. And so Dave was just showing that just because sometimes that you know about someone, it does not mean that you know that person. And so he made it very clear that, you know, a lot of times when we, when we get in a situation where we think we know who someone is, but when we really only know about that person, we actually put ourselves at a dangerous state. And so he was saying that it's very important for us to get away from certain assumptions and just making sure that we have a good understanding of who God is for ourselves, not based on mom, not based on dad, not based on friend, coworker, but truly based on ourselves our own relationship and I know firsthand how assumptions can be be dangerous I have made assumptions in the in the past people have made assumptions about me in the past and I can only imagine when someone doesn't know Sadiq but they really just know about him what type of conclusions that they could come up with someone might see me walking down the the street with one of my uh with one of my sports team shirts on and they might just automatically assume well that brother has to have bad taste <laughs> see Ernest we that wasn't an amen moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know somebody may say, oh man, I know Sadiq has five kids and they run around the church sometime and He might not even feed them breakfast in the morning because they're always hanging around the snacks. (laughs) So folks might just automatically draw some some assumptions without even even knowing. And, you know, just a few days ago, it was Wednesday, I was at work and um, we had a conference call. And a lot of times with the conference calls, you have no idea who's on the phone and, so we've been having these calls periodically to just check up on some of the work that we, we do. And So I called in uh, Sadiq Abdullah for such and such project, checking in. And there was a pause. And then the guy that was leading the meeting, he said, well, Sadiq, I'm glad you're here, but where is Kareem? I am like, I don't know Kareem. You just automatically assume, okay, no, I have no idea who who Kareem is. So sometimes we just automatically draw assumptions based on the limited information that we have. Ernest said my family and I started going here about seven years ago, and it's true. About seven years ago we started going here. It was because South Potomac Church used to have a preschool here. And one of my sons used to to go to the preschool, and I mean, he just had a great time here. I'm sure he loved the snacks. (laughs) And it was always my belief that, okay, if if my children are going to go to some institution that is teaching them something about faith, something about religion, I need to check it out for myself. I need to make sure that the doctrine is correct. And so it just so happened that uh, that South Potomac was hosting a, a, a Bible study. The Belotes were leading a group and my wife and I, we, we, we came and, um, and we just you know, started to, to come and we were like, man, this church is meeting all of my family's needs. Now, one person at the church in particular, they got very excited when my family came. They saw the name on the rolls. And Miss Kathy, I mean, this person got so excited. She was like, yes, we're saving kids for Jesus. We're saving a new family for Jesus. Now, I have been saved about 13 years. (laughs) And we just make assumptions sometimes based on the limited information that we have. Today, we're going to look at we're going to conclude this series of, of I Am through the book of Revelation. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn to the, the book of Revelation. And while you're doing that, the, the book of Revelation is one of those books that um, when Christians are studying, sometimes it's, it's not one of the first ones that you'll run to. You know, folks might, might in, if you're Old Testament, you might enjoy the book, the, you know, Psalms, you might enjoy the. The words of wisdom and, and Proverbs, you know, you might enjoy just learning about the history of creation and, and Genesis. And, you know, you flip over to the New Testament, you might go through the Gospels and you might want to hear what Paul says later on in the epistles. And, but when you get to Revelation, you're like, all right, maybe, maybe not so much. And the book of Revelation is, is full of, of good information. It teaches about the apocalypse, it teaches about, it's great prophecy about what is to come. It talks about how Jesus is going to return. It gives us information and understanding of what the church is going to look like, what, what God is expecting upon his return. He examines the, you know, seven, seven churches in the Asian area. And so the book of Revelation is, is very powerful, and it's only fitting that in God's great wisdom, since he saw, that, saw it fit to include this in his canon, it's only fitting that we conclude our, our series with, uh, with Revelation 1 and 8. The word says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, God who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. And if you have the King James Version, it might say, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. And so when we started off with this series, and Pastor Dave started it off uh, on, on Easter Sunday, he was looking at, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, who is And so when we were looking at Jesus saying that I am the resurrection and the life, we were understanding that Jesus is the one that gives us eternal life and that has the ability to raise us from our sinful nature. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said in the book of John, he continued, he said, I am the bread of life. It's the bread through Jesus. He is the one that sustains us. He is the one that nourishes us. He is the one that meets our needs. He continued. He said, I am the true vine. In other words, if you are going to produce fruit in this world, if you're going to be fruitful, if you're going to execute the commandment in the beginning to be fruitful and to multiply, then you have to be connected to the I am of the true vine. He said, not only am I the true vine, but I am the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and just to pretty much let us know that because the world is such a dark place, he is here to give us guidance. No matter what the situation, no matter how challenging it is, he is the light of the world. He is here to give us guidance. He said, I am the gate. In other words, I lay down my life to protect you, to keep you secure, because I love you that much. I will not allow any harm to come to you that is not for your good, because I am your protector. He said, I am the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd, he said, I am the one that guides the sheep. I am the one that is going to steer you. So even when you're having your stupid moments, when you're having your repetitive state, no matter where your head is turning, when you're looking down and not looking to the hills, which is cometh your help, I am the good shepherd. I will guide you to the promised land. Of where you need to be going. And then he said last week. He said I am the way. The truth. And the life. And we understand that no man is coming to the father. Unless they, they go through the I am. Who is the way and the truth and the life. And so he wanted us to understand that Yes. Jesus is not just one of these things to us, but he is all of that. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the resurrection and the life, the bread of life, the true vine, the light of the world, the gate, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life. And so what Jesus is saying when he is talking about I am the Alpha and Omega who is Jesus is pretty much saying that I am with you right now. Jesus is with you now. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come. The Almighty. There's a a, a term in, in the Latin and in the Greek for a lot of Bible scholars, that's known as a, a theophany. And the theophany is a visible manifestation of, of God in the Bible. And then similarly, in the, in the Greek, there's a term known as a Christophany, and that's when you have an appearance of Christ in Scripture. And there have been tons of times in, in Scripture where we have seen a visible manifestation of God God said, "Let us make man in our image, so we know that Jesus, God had to be in existence before right now." And the word of God said, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you." Jesus isn't just right now. He already was. He said, before I formed you, before you were born, I set you apart. He always was. And there are examples of, of, of these visible manifestations of God in the Bible, and, and they may be theophanies, they may be Christophanies, but we know that there have been visible manifestations Presentations of God in Scripture. If you look at the book of Genesis, very clear in Genesis chapter 12 and also in chapter 18, it says the Lord appeared to Abram. And if you go further in the scriptures, it says that Jacob was wrestling with some man, and we believe that that man was a representation of God. And so a lot of times there's a, there's a curiosity that's, that, that, that is just there when people are trying to figure out, okay, who is Jesus? Who is God? Well, he has always been there. John put it this way in John 1, 1 through 5. He said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Without him, talking about Jesus, nothing has been made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In John chapter 8, he was talking about, he said, you know what, before Abraham was, 8.58, he said, before Abraham was, I am. And so all throughout the book of John, he's sending us reminders that, okay, this person, Jesus, is not only the Alpha and Omega who is, but he always was. And so that means that when Jesus came on the scene and said, I am the resurrection and the life, before Abraham was, I am, he's always been the resurrection and the life. In verse 1 of, and, and, and when we talked about John 1, verse 3, he said, through him all things were made without nothing was made that has been made. So he's always been the resurrection and the life. Jesus has always been the bread of life. Before Abraham was, I am, I am the bread of life. I always have been the bread of life. I have always supplied you with everything that you need before you even knew that I was doing it. Before Abraham was, I am. I did not just come to be the true vine, but I've always been the true vine. I was the one that created the garden in the beginning. All of creation, has come through me. And so when you're looking at the lineage of individuals and in scriptures, because they were connected to the true vine. Before Abraham was, I am. I have not just started being the light of the world. I have always been in the light of the world. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We have always had light because Jesus has always been here. Before Abraham was, I am. I did not just become the gate. I have always been the one willing to protect you so no harm could come against you. If Jesus wasn't the gate, I would submit to you that that serpent in the beginning might have just executed Adam and Eve. Jesus has always been the one protecting us. Before Abraham was, I am. I did not just become the good shepherd. I have always been the good shepherd. I created the sheep. Before Abraham was, I am. I didn't just become the way, the truth, and the life. I have been guiding the path of mankind from the beginning. I've been given direction to Adam. I've been given direction to Moses. That's why you have Ten Commandments. So Jesus wasn't just here now. He always was. Paul put it this way in Colossians 1, 15 through and in him all things hold together. And so when we're talking about Jesus as the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, who is and who was, we have to understand that Jesus was always here. Jesus is with you now. Jesus was always here. He said, I the Alpha, the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, who is to come, who is to come. Simply put, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is here. Jesus was always here. And he is so great that even though he is with you now, he is still coming back. In the book of Revelation, uh, really chapter 2 and and chapter 3, God has given some instruction to the, the church. And he said to the church, you know, he's going through these, these seven churches in this Asian province, and he's, he's going down certain constructive pieces that they are doing so well. And he's also examining them, and he's giving specific criticism to those churches. And then after the criticism, every single seven church receives some type of criticism. And if if you wanted to do something on your own personal study, you go through it and you'll see how those criticisms still relate to us today. Because he always was, he always is, he always will be. And so the information didn't change. But after the criticisms, he gave specific instruction to the church. So church, South Potomac, I know that you understand who Jesus is. I know you know him to be the resurrection and the life. I know you know him to be the bread of life, the true vine, the light of the world, the gate, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life, the alpha and the omega. But what I also want you to understand is that because I am all these things and because I know everything, I have specific instruction for the church today. In the book of Revelation, he said, because Jesus is coming back, the first thing that we need to do is repent. And by repenting, it just simply means there are things that we need to change our minds about. There are things that we need to change our behaviors about. And a lot of times when we think about repentance, we're thinking about these big uh, sins that somebody may have caused. They may may have done an an adulterous act. They might have gotten caught in in, in stealing. No, anything that God declares as sin, we need to be repentant of because Jesus is coming back. So the first instruction was to repent. The second instruction that he gave to those seven churches and it still applies to the church today, he told us to keep the faith. He said, man, there's so many things going on, but I need you to to keep the faith. And, And what I mean by keep the faith is, embrace the Lord as your first love, he told one church. He said, I already told you, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God first. And so I need you to embrace the Lord as your first love. But not only that, keeping the faith is to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Getting away from your own understanding. Acknowledging him in all of our ways. And so in other words, if we're not acknowledging him in everything that we do, then we have something to be repentive of. Because we can't do this on our own. We're in election time right now. And I didn't come to, to preach civics on, on this morning. I came to just talk Jesus. It seems like we're always in election time, to be honest with you. And look, I'm gonna tell you, I think elections are so important, we have a responsibility to vote. But to be honest with you, I don't care if it was Nixon in office, Reagan, Carter, Clinton, Bush Senior, Bush Junior, President Obama, Trump, Hillary, Bernie, Anybody else that's running now or that may run in the future. The elections are not going to control me because I'm going to keep the faith. I am trusting in the Lord with all of my heart because I know who Jesus is. I know who Jesus was. I know who Jesus is always going to be. And so no matter who is in office, I'm going to trust the Lord. With all my heart. So I'm not going to stress out. I'll let their hair turn gray while mine just holds on. (laughs) There's a lot of things going on in our country right now. There are protests. And all for decent civil and judicial causes. But at the end of the day, Man, I stand and I feel for people. I really do. But at the end of the day, Sadiq can't control it. At the end of the day, I have to trust in the Lord. With all my heart, I have to keep the faith. And sometimes when these incidents happen, whether it's an election, whether it's something that's going on in society, our friends, the the media, social networking, it just has a way to cause us to think sometimes sinful thoughts. Sometimes it causes us to, to hate someone for no reason at all. And so I can repent for that. I can remember that, God, I have to trust in you with all my heart. I have to keep the faith. I don't care what people say about me. I really don't. I would love it if folks always had nice things to say. But that just isn't reality. But no matter what people say. No matter what assumptions that they come up with. I know I'm going to be okay. Because I have decided to trust in the Lord. With all my heart. I'm not going to understand everybody. I can barely understand myself. It was Paul that said, there are things that I don't want to do that I do, and there are things that I do that I don't want to do. And, and I mean, it just shows you how complex we are as individuals. I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart. And then finally, I'm also going to pay close attention to the word and do what it says. Pay close attention to the word. That's a part of keeping the faith, paying close attention to the word and and doing what it says. So I'm going to tell you, I'm a husband, but I'm not a perfect husband. But I'm going to always try my best to pay close attention to what the word says and do what it says. I'm not a perfect father not a perfect coworker, I would not be a perfect pastor, never been a perfect anything, but I've been a great sinner. And because I recognize that it's only Jesus that could correct these things, I have decided to keep the faith. God said he will never leave us, nor forsake us. Book of Hebrews, chapter 12, 1 and 2. I just love the word. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw it off. That's repentance. And let us run with perseverance. The race worked out for us. That's keeping the faith. Let us run with perseverance. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning to shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We looked at Revelation, and before Jesus even declared that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, who is, who was, and who is to come. In verse 7, he said, look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen.